football on off the ball. Some people's missed is far more red than others. Yeah, shout out to Danny anyway. It might not have been him, but he's definitely someone that you'd have to try and follow along with. But his red mist was a lot thicker than others anyway. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there. Well, after a two-month sabbatical, the Football Pod is back. We've been busy, the three of us, over the last little while. Paddy Andrews and his wife Doreen welcomed a baby boy to the world. I managed to get my hands on a senior football medal in Clare. And James... James, you got a new haircut, did you? <laughs> Looks younger, man. Yeah, I've been doing nothing. I've been doing nothing. I still have the same amount of Munster Football Championship medals club as you do. <laughs> Dirty. Blow, blow. Right from the off. Blow, blow. That is <laughs> I know. Paris Castlehaven. Very, very strong outfit. An unlucky, Tom. I know you're feeling a little bit, you're a little bit irritable today. Completely understandable. He's the stubble as well. I didn't think like, we are going to go straight into this. I thought you'd be at, be at least 15 <laughs> points deep today. Drowning your sorrows after you. Uh, yeah, no, the lads, there's a, a player's WhatsApp group hopping there. They've been in the Woodcross, I think. There was a red weather warning in Clare today, so a lot of their uh, jobs can this be This is, we had a red weather warning off. up in Dublin as well, and it was like a stiff breeze. Closed the schools and everything. Nothing was going on. Mm. We're going soft, lads. Yeah. We're going soft. Same as... I have to be honest, I didn't notice it last night. Um, I may have been 10 or 11 points deep, though, so that could have been a reason you know, for it. Relatively uh, fresh tea for, your, for our return to the airwaves. Is anyone listening to this? Is this behind the paywall or are we all right? No, Paddy, our Monday shows are free. Oh, we're we, we, We'll be releasing our members' plan very soon, so uh, that'll be coming out for season four, hopefully. So that's exciting, and uh, we'll get into so that is shortly. This season, yeah, relatively fresh is this today. season three and a half then, or what? It's the tail end of season three. three. three five club episodes. Five club episodes, yeah. okay. Yeah, we're doing the next five Mondays. And uh, yeah, we'll be with you every Monday. You'll get it in the Football Pod feed or wherever you listen to your off-the-ball podcasts. Uh, you can get it for free on a Monday. And uh, yeah, our members plan to follow. Jimmy. Tommy. <laughs> you had your eye in that game yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'm fresh yesterday, but there's a kind of... A real taste of regret last night. We kind of feel like we left it behind us. We had a real chance to mm-hmm. go down to Porky Cueve, such a class stadium, and and do a job. Uh, lost the Castle. It's Haven probably the night. nicest surface around, isn't it? It was unbelievable. It was class. Never played yeah. in the new one. So you were done by the new one as well, Jimmy. Were you? You wouldn't have played there, would you? I was only starting, but <laughs> I'm only twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is a regret you see it on telly and I've been in it at a couple of games and as you can see yeah it would be a nice place to play there was an odd one yesterday though. Oh, you definitely played there uh, did they I, opened it in 2014 nah, no no we never played Cork like, Cork were brutal that time as well so we, we played in Porky Rain played in the old Porky Creeve but never got down uh, to the new one yeah yeah no it is it's a savage field it's like fair, a, they always kept the surface mm, immaculate yeah. and Porky Rain always had an unbelievable surface as well yeah, they're looking cork. It was like a, it was like a, I think it's like a hybrid surface they have. So it was just such a bounce. Even at this time of the year, there's such a bounce off the ground. And there was a bit of a breeze yesterday, but it was a breeze that suited shooters. I think at certain halves, and yeah, it was a funny game. Was it a bit odd I don't know. I, 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 in a stadium that big, but what? There was probably a thousand people at it. We, we talked about Croker being like mad when yeah. there's ten thousand people there, but playing a, a club game in Porky Cueva. I'd say it was a. 
an there odd was, feeling. There was probably 1,400 at it. It's funny, both teams are blue, so it kind of felt like, <laughs> do you know, there was, a, there was a serious noise there. Yeah, it was weird. Like, one, one side of the stand was completely empty, obviously, both terraces closed. And, uh, yeah, I never really noticed it, to be honest. Yeah. You, you, you know, I'm sure you're, you, like, you don't really think about those things when you're in the middle of a game, like, but... Um, yeah, it was it was frantic enough. And it's actually I'm funny. I'm reading some of the reports today about the game, and uh, yeah, what did you think of the game, James? Because it was a very cagey game. Obviously, it was pull no punches, Jimmy. Pull no punches. You could tell if it was shy. Give it to Tommy. Like can't let him off the hook. Like I it, well, it was crap loss to lose. And Tommy came on the news game over. <laughs> <laughs> That is I got very good. I teed that one up there. I teed that up here. <laughs> no, I I must say I enjoyed the game. It was uh, <laughs> it was tentative at times. You could tell you could tell um the both teams were kind of nervy. Like they didn't want to to go too far behind both sides. It was point for point up until seven all, I reckon. Do you know, it was just constant score, score, not many turnovers, um do you know, silly turnovers. Um, but I think that the Castlehaven just had a bit of class up front with Hurley. He swung over. He swung over one point off the left, standing still, forty-five yards out against the wind. So with his bad leg to put them a point up, and like Cratlow were kind of working hard to get scores. And when you have a fella that can just stand still and kick it over for forty-five, it makes some difference. It's um, yeah. In fairness, now our cornerbacks, David Collins and end up playing wing back delivered two majestic points at the outside of the boot then an injury time in between and Mark Collins don't know how Mark Collins got that shot away he had two lads diving at his feet there was four scores I think in 90 seconds of injury time it was chaotic but there had been 20 minutes before that without a score and to, like I think when we look back on it that's probably the 20 minutes mm. that we didn't really push on before the goal obviously um, I kind of got caught Paddy for the goal ah, as well Jesus, so James Tommy, maybe have it as a point for that yeah. but you know it's funny you say that with Hurley right you look at the games that are on telly uh, over the weekend as well the Trillet Cross McGlenn game on Saturday night and then obviously a really good game uh, Kilkew against Scottstown yesterday there's so little between teams at this level and club like it's so scores they're all low they're all low scoring games it's not like it's rare enough you're going to see at this time of year 60-minute games, you're going to get a, a 117 or 180. Generally, 12 or 13 points can win it for you. And teams are, at this stage in the provincial championship, really well organised, hard to break down. But that difference, it's that little bit of stardust can make such a difference. Hurley, obviously, for Castlehaven. We look, and I will talk about the Scottstown Kilkew game, having Began and Kieran Hughes with massive scores at the end. It's just, there's so little between the teams if you have someone who can just nick a score out of nowhere, that can be the difference. It's And it's all the games. You, you've seen it over the last couple of weekends and we'll see it again over the next three or four weeks. It's so, so tight. And I can see why you'd have regrets, Tommy, losing a game like extra time. I mean, it's, it's a hard one. It's so hard to get back at club level as well. You see Cross McGlenn, very disappointed with their second half performance. And then Kilku, who would have had their eyes on possibly winning the whole thing dejection losing the last play of the game so it's that little bit of stardust if the club teams have it and it's usually their county lads if they come up trumps that can be the winning and losing of the game for them yeah I like yeah, that. do you know what it comes down to with that as well is when you're looking for for that score mm-hmm. say you're a point down everyone knows yeah. we want to get it to a Hurley or like everyone even if the opposition know it doesn't really matter a lot of the time because you'll work them a yard or two 
it's kind of the teams then, and I'm not saying this is about Kratlow because not at all, but say even from our team at home, sometimes when you don't have a plan to get that that shooter on an important score, you know, those clutch moments, that's when you that, when you can lose out. That's what I kind of, that's what I love about the Kratlow team though. Like this year, like we've had such an un- unbelievable journey like and uh, underdogs, I would say, in nearly every game. There was one game this year, if we lost it, we were in the relegation playoff, the winner's going into the quarterfinal. But we had clutch shooters stepping up in injury time with number two and number five on their back, <laughs> kicking points from 45 mm. yards. But like, that's no fluke. Like, these are the fellas that are in the dressing room telling you that if we need a score, I'm ready to take that shot on. And you like, I'd be fairly confident of seven or eight lads from Cratlow taking that shot on the last minute. Um, and I think that says a lot about a team when you've got kind of characters like that in it. Oh, it's a sickener because a goal on extra time the goal on extra time uh, is a game changer. The, game, the games are so tight. They are. There's, and it's moments. Mm. And then look, if you come out, on the other side, if you win one of those games, talk about the places on wheels, the momentum out of it. But if you lose it, like it's just with club stuff. I remember we we lost the Leinster club final, geez, 10, 11 years ago, almost a bit. And we never got back. It's just, It seems like it's just harder to get back. You know, a county game, obviously, myself and Jimmy and Dublin and Kerry, you're going to be there about year on year, but with the club, it's such yeah. a special moment and it's a tough one. Fair play to you, T, coming on today. Very professional as the new... You're taking this new job and off the ball very seriously here now. Coming yeah. on today. But there you go. Relatively <laughs> sober. You've got, a, you've got a promotion off the back of this pod. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, do we no, get a promotion? No, no, no. I, I got the promotion because I won a senior medal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That was it, senior county medal. Yeah, exactly. Now I don't think I would have won a senior county medal without the pod. So I really? thank you both okay. for that. I think I was relying on you both for. I think you were getting calls, Paddy. You were getting looking for a bit of maybe psychological advice from Paddy and a bit of injury advice from James. So that's the way I was going. Another day. Oh, yeah. You two just Another keep it simple. Call, We've been away for two months. Lads. <laughs> James, I'll couple the periods. I'll be honest, James. I was getting. I spent a lot of time on the physio table the last two weeks getting dry needled. Oh. And, uh, Oh. I had I had the pins in at one stage and I just got an awful fit of laughter lying on the physio table <laughs> and the lads were like what are you laughing at and I said I don't know if this is on the pot or not but I said I've just thought of what something James had told me before that he has his own dry needling kit at home and he'd often just <laughs> drop the jocks oh, and geez. go on James tell us I, I was doing it no, two nights ago I had I'd say I had 12 needles in my left oh, glute you're not even playing anymore. I just uh, to li- You're not even really playing anymore. Like. <laughs> oh, sorry, why would I? Some sort of weird toy. I ran, I was I ran through. What was it? I ran home after oh, my Jesus, so you tripped over a curb coming home from Leedy. No, I tell you, no, I had a, I had a, I had a sore groin. What? And I said, from playing, I'm still playing club. We're just not playing very oh, well. Jesus Christ! And I said, I better go at this. And sure, once you put the first one in, and if you get a bit of reaction, you say, all right, this, I'm out of here. 12, 12 needles later but there's no point in going to physio paying 60 quid come to me Jimmy this is a niche you're <laughs> trying to promote yourself as a coach all the last season now it's a physio this year fucking hell yeah. black market physio in the back of Clarny I was keeping an eye out there on that East Kerry all-star team now won the championship again not a peep out of you what's the story why weren't you playing oh yeah I'm sure your arse at it no, I, I, I wasn't even fit for um for our club championships, so no, I I just took a few weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> he was just doing one year on, one year off, like 
No, I I couldn't go into East Kerry half injured, half playing, and there's five or six young fellas knocking down the door to be in the Kerry panel. Right. You know, you started last so, year. Um, you the main man, him and the Cliff. <laughs> oh, you know, it wasn't about starting. It was about just like being fit and able to play. And I just didn't. Um, I didn't feel. <laughs> At my to peak. be fair, if you're dry ladling yourself, yeah, it's not a good sign. <laughs> I've been doing that t- 10 years Jesus minimum. Christ. Oh. I just think that's so funny. It saved me a fortune. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway, lads, great to be back. Come on. Let's get the show on the road here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, look, look at uh, to be still playing football, James. I, like how you do it in Kerry is unbelievable. I don't know what you're playing now. Is it like district leagues or something? <laughs> Yeah, we're playing the O'Donoghue Cup. It's the most prestigious tournament of football. <laughs> it's your own thing. Your own it is the wor- it's the World wow. Cup. It's the World Cup of football in Kerry. Honestly, this but is yeah, You actually take league. it seriously. Like This is like people listening in might think that it's This is a legitimate thing. The O'Donoghue Cup. But anytime you play with your club, <laughs> you take it seriously. Yeah, but it's not league or championship. East- like. It is a championship. It's East Kerry Championship. It's a senior championship. You've got Dr. Croaks, Legion, Spa, Ratmore, Kilcommon. Sure, they're all intermediate. Destroy Fossa. No, this crooks aren't crooks aren't intermediate. And anyway, in Kerry, this is how strong we are down here. You wouldn't know about it now in your weaker fight. <laughs> you can win you can win a monster championship and then be relegated intermediate in Kerry the, nah. fo- the following year. Austin Stacks and Kearns Rally is the same thing. These are legends down there. It's something else like Yeah. Well listen, that might be one of the secrets in Kerry anyway that you're still playing football because you just you you just never end a year as a loser. Like you just keep playing till you win. Like, everyone get, everyone gets a medal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though we won a county championship. You get a medal. You get a medal and a can of coke there, and a bag yeah. of potatoes at the end of every <laughs> well year. Well done, lads. <laughs> like the under tens. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, I was just saying it's a funny feeling. Like you win a county championship, yet you still feel like you've lost. You're beaten. Like only one team is going to end up as the winner at the end of it. You know, uh, Scotstown have certainly put themselves mm. in the mix, lads. They bet Kilku, not one of the. It was a good game. Favorites for the other. It was a decent yeah. game, I have to say. Um, some finish for Scottstown. I thought they were. Be- I thought they were the better team overall. I have to say. I thought uh, two contrasts of style of play, obviously as well. Like Kilku, Kilku reminded me of Derry. Like unbelievably well drilled. Really, their conditioning, their athleticism, that running game. They're creating lots of overlaps and hurting Scottstown. And then Scottstown were being far more direct. Obviously, the Jack McCarran inside, you know, Kieran Hughes, begging Darren Hughes. It was like a nice contrast of styles. It was a really interesting game. I thought the penal was soft for Kilku. What do you think of that, Jimmy? Did you, did you see it, Tommy? Soft, yeah. I thought it was soft because it was like, to know that when someone gets in behind you, and gets in behind the defence, you nearly panic. You, you, you just sprint back and dive in to try and get a block. And I think Darren Hughes comes in. Put it this way, right? If that was an inter-county game, I don't think the ref would have given a penalty. Like, Darren Hughes comes in and kind of gives him a dunk, but I don't think you'll get that in a, in a senior inter-county game. But that looks like it's the big score to swing it. Kilkugo puts them ahead, and they're so well organised. Obviously, like, Laverty's playing. He's like quarterback, and if they're not giving the ball away, Carlacy's on the sideline, and you just think they're going to keep... Um, Scottstown at arm's length until the final play my lord you're talking about regrets to for Cratlow losing that game Kilku the full back what oh I couldn't believe what I was saying they had a man up and they win the kick out and you're just thinking these guys are going to keep the ball for, for a minute 
kill the clock. And he tries right her overs. 60 yard crossfield kick pass. Kicks it away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But to be fair, Began still had the work to do. But what a finish. And you're right. And we're talking about this. You know, your big players nailing big scores. And I was thinking, mm, he's a bit off. But to be fair, Kieran Hughes kicks a massive score from a mark as well, two or three minutes before to get it level. And then Began comes up trumps. And what a win for Scottsdale. Like, like Kilkewer had their eyes on winning that All-Ireland. Um, and Scottsdale, they're right in the mix now for Ulster and having a shot at the All-Ireland. But a brilliant, it was a really good game, I have to say, uh, for this time of year. What I found very interesting about, about Scottsdale was the way they were able to pick off a couple of handy marks around 35 yards out when the game got very close. Um, and their la- two of their last three scores were, were marks just on the edge of the, of the scoring zone. But when a team drops very back, def- back too far defensively, these pockets kind of open up. But a lot of times teams are too kind of interested in going through the middle, going through the middle, trying to get that easy score on the, in the scoring zone. But they were picking off marks, maybe just on the edge of the scoring zone to the side. And they got two invaluable points off them. But once the once the equaliser was was sent over by Hughes, the most impressive thing I thought about Scottsdale was the way McCarran he knew this he knew it was going over first of all, and then he said, "We're getting another chance. We're going for the juggler here. We're going to win this." So as soon as the ball went over the bar, he got the ball, almost put it back on the tee for the keeper, and said, "Kick this out. We're going to win." And you can imagine being inside and goals with the keeper there, and you're thinking. Jesus, I'm kicking out here. If we lose it, we're in trouble. He decides to go short and the rest is history. They they kick it away and it goes back into a free. But I just thought that little brilliant mentality and mindset by McCarran to put them under pressure to get the kick out off actually won Scots on the game in the end. But, but, but I just think if you're Kill Q and it's like two minutes beforehand, Scottsdale get the black card from the substitute. And I'm thinking... Oh my God, I would have been fucking raging with him if he was my team. Just comes off the bench, gets a stonewall black card, and against all the teams, the way Kilku play, that running game, creating overlaps, they get up. Ryan O'Toole, very similar to, to Darren Hughes for the penalty. Kilku get in behind, and he just lunges in because he's panicking. That gives the free for Kilku to go a point up. And like I said, they're such an experienced, a well organized team. A point up, a man up, you're thinking, did. They've done enough here. And that makes it even more impressive for, for Scottsdale to turn it around. But Kilkew will be kicking themselves. But like we were saying earlier, with Hurley for Castlehaven, if you can get your, and it's generally your county guys, if you can get a big turn out of them, that can be the difference. And that was the difference for, you know, Conor McCarthy's probably quiet enough. Man, they have, Scottsdale obviously have quite a big Monaghan contingent. Shane Carey, they're relatively quiet. McCarran had moments, but Darren Hughes and Began and then Kieran Hughes. They come up with massive plays, and that swings it for Scottsdale. And you look the night before for Cross McGlenn and Trillick, which wasn't as high a quality a game and wasn't as entertaining a game by any means. But Cross McGlenn, they didn't get that out of their big players. You know, Reno, Jamie Clark had one or two moments in the first half. Obviously, the second half was just a meltdown. He got sent off. But Reno Neal doesn't reach the heights you'd expect from you know one of the top players in the country. And that can be the difference. Like I said, there's so little between the teams. If your big players can come up with big moments and talk about Scottstown doing that, and that's got them in, you know, they'll be favourites against Trillick in the semi-final in a couple of weeks' time, and they'll have their eyes on, you know, beating Kilkew. That puts them right in the mix to 
to win the Ulster Championship. I know Glenn will have something to say about that as well, but they uh, they will have a right cut off the rest of this thing, and it's such a massive win for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With so we had with Scotstown beating Kilku with that late begging point, Trillick getting the better across McGlen. Lee Brennan, one of the players that's dropped off the throne panel in the last couple of years, had that little bit of magic. He had a lovely solo dummy off the left and an outside of the boot spinner in the second half. But it was a disappointing seven years since a Tyrone team has won in the Ulster Club Championship. I couldn't believe that. That is fucking um for a county like Tyrone, like like such a strong it's not like it's obviously not the strongest club scene, but they got seven seven oh, years is. for them not to win one game in the Ulster Club Championship. Paddy, that is incredible. Paddy, the Tyrone club scene is savage. It's one of the most keenly contested championships. They eat themselves alive in Tyrone, and then they're barely fit to play Ulster after it. Like, and that's the way it's been for a long seven time. Seven years. That's genuinely how it's been. Jesus. Yeah, it's, they've they've had a terrible record. You're right, yeah, but. Um, Trillick definitely looked apart the last day and obviously without Matty Donnelly who had that horrific knee yeah. injury um, a couple of months back. So then we had Gauna, the Calvin champions, beaten by that sucker punch by Nave Connell, the Donegal champions, a last minute goal, high ball into the square, oh. breaks, uh, the wing back finishes it and Glenn holding off Aaron's own as Paddy mentioned. So Trillick, Scotstown, Glenn and Nave Connell in the semi-finals and then Munster, Gratlow. <sighs> Unfortunately, obviously, well done to Castlehaven. One after extra time, <laughs> they played great for champions. <laughs> well done to Castlehaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gormack next, and on the other side of Munster, Clamell bet Newcastle West, who bet them last year to set up their semi-final with Dingle. On paper, going into this, like uh, somebody competing in it, I would have seen Clamell as possibly the favourites over for Dingle Munster. I would see that. I would. I would consider Clamell to be favourites for Munster. Um, yeah. James, I'm not sure what you think. Jimmy, give us a bit of insight Dingle. here. Surely Dingle, no? Keeney, O'Sullivan. Well, Dingle, Dingle were very strongly fancied for the county championship in Kerry. They won the club championship, right? So they came out on top. There's eight clubs in the club championship. They won that. They were by far the best team, playing great football in the in the summer or just towards the end of the summer. And then they got to the county championship and they just slipped up a little bit against McCarry. They got two red cards. I think they almost, they almost wanted it too much. Sounds ridiculous, but you know, they kind of got caught on that emotional side of the game, I think, and just got caught by McCarry when they were favourites. Um, but they have serious quality. They had Mark O'Connor back for the, for the championship. They've obviously Tom Sullivan, Paul Ganey, Connor Ganey, Dylan Ganey, Mikey Ganey. So you could name out the, the household names they have. But I suppose the main thing about Dingle is they're a very good side at home because their home venue, it's as close to an Istanbul setup as you're going to get. I mean, the, the it's never a nice day back there when you're playing. Uh, it's windy, it's rainy, and they're just excellent at grinding out results. And this time of the year, that's what it's about. You know, Tommy, you've seen it in, in year games, you know, when, when it's windy and rainy and you have a couple of classy forwards that can swing over a few points when it's against the odds. You're you're in the running, or you're in the reckoning for every game. Then that game's in Sample Stadium. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, we were, we were supposed we were supposed to play in Castlehaven this week, and the game was moved on the Friday to Porky Cueve. Very late notice. Storm Debbie. A storm. A storm or what? I'd I'd, I'd say you now they knew that pitch wouldn't be playable. And, oh, uh, look at this. He's bitter about this. You're not going to complain about Porky Cueve. Though. I'm not nice. bitter. I'm not bitter. They're, you they're are. Very good it's, it's dripping off every word you come out with. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you're using this. We're not using our platform here. It's a fucking promotion. Agendas. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. But like, VAR. the pitch at this time of the year makes some difference. Like, 
it just makes such a difference the surface that you're going to be playing on a different sport depending on where you're playing I can just imagine what it'd be like down to think of um, big news today lads Aaron Kernan has retired from club football at the age of 39 Jesus 23 years his 23rd season 23 years after his senior debut he won Ooh. 18 Armagh senior football championship medals 8 <laughs> Ulster titles 3 All-Ireland medals with the club it's 10 years it's not bad 10 not years bad. nearly since he retired from Armagh where he won 4 Ulster medals as well he was 2005 Young Footballer of the Year and uh, just a, a club stalwart a 78% hit rate when it came to winning an Armagh Senior Football Championship, which just tells you the where Cross have been over the last while. And but you, um, you've got to be what a, a sour note for for him. Obviously, a, a legendary player um, to finish up. That was a weird game on Saturday night. Like you think, like I, said, I don't think it was as high quality as the game on Sunday, then the Scotstown for the Q game. But Cross McGlynn not to score in the second half. Seven 0 they lose the second half with the players they have like. Reno Neal, they had the Jamie win. Clark, McConville. And, and like, I thought they were a better team in the first half. And you think, without, look, it wasn't, I think both teams were struggling for scores, which again was surprising with the forwards Cross McLean had. Um, but for them to just totally self-destruct in that second half, um, oh, this is very, very disappointing for them. For Eric Curran, obviously, he's played in some of the best club teams of all time. Um and they would have fancied their chances, obviously, particularly the position they put themselves into in that first half. You think they're gonna they're gonna have enough to get through this, but but for him on a personal note, look, like even just playing that long is is an incredible achievement at that level. But with the success he's had for it as well, hats off to him. I have to say, thirty nine, Jesus, puts us to shame. No dry leading in himself there, I'd say. <laughs> but with Kernan, in fairness to him, he always. Played wing back, right? But in fairness to him, he played like loads of different positions from wing backs. Like he ran the game. Everything always seemed to go down his side. He was kicking the ball in. He was under the kickouts. He was getting shots off. I just thought he kind of ran games from wing back, and he was one of those fellas that that could do that. And he's he's different. Do you know the way you look at wing backs? That like he he is obviously a very athletic player, but he's not. You know, spit the the mold of like. McCaffrey or Gavin White he's bursting up the pitch like lightning quick but he was he was a playmaker he had such an impact on the game you know he was a classy classy player and that was a brilliant that was a very good Armada team look we've covered this before I'm sure they would have felt they probably should have won more than the one all Ireland they got but he never won one he, yeah, I know he came on slightly later but they I think 05 they obviously lose to Tyrone and that semi-finally would have taught Armagh costly won that and then Kerry beat him in 06 and Donahue's obviously a very famous game and that was Armagh kind of they were on the slide after that but but for him what a like you say it's still an incredible career like fuck 18 championship medals was it 8 Ulsters and 3 All-Irelands some gone I'll take that didn't Kernan do the the toughest trade with yeah with a soccer David player over in, over in England actually David Bentley what? Oh, was this David Bentley? David Bentley. Was this the AFC team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Bentley great. came over and played with Cross McGlenn. Bentley, Bentley was a legend. Played with Cross McGlenn. Yeah. We had Bentley on oh, off the ball to talk about that. He was a great infield. Must dig it out at some stage. Uh, great chat with Bentley. He was, he was so sound like. They timed it well because Bentley was suspended from Spurs at the time. Do you remember? <laughs> the water Get him on the pod. Character. Character. Yeah. 
the, the Cross McLean Instagram did like a kind of mini, little interview with him and there was a couple of interesting bits in it. Uh, proudest moment, winning the 2007 All-Ireland Club final replay against Dr. Crokes. Yeah. Um, hardest player you ever marked, Jim McConnelly. What, right. what does the future hold? I've currently pitched my CV to Tony Mack to see if he'll allow me to join the under 10 coaching team for 2024, awaiting his response. Like, talk about your 18 club medals. Um, but like dedication the hunger to keep going but the, the dedication to your club and just being one of these standard setters you can just see it with fellas like that you know every club or not every club would have them but they're lucky to have players like Aaron Kern and even Gary Sice last week picked up his 13th county medal like there's something going on there that is just driving them to keep going like it's unbelievable isn't it mm. I love it love it mm. and it's, it's such an influence and obviously that it's a very unique club, Cross McGlenn, the record they've had, the success they've had, and that really breeds more success. Um, obviously, they haven't been as dominant uh, outside of Armagh the last couple of years as well, but the current, not just Aaron, but the current family up there, the McAtee's, obviously McConville. It's a, it's a unique story, that club, and he's as much a part of that as, as anyone else, but you can see it there. He's just mad to get straight back into it. <laughs> you know, it's just a culture of mentality up there, you know, and the best clubs have that. You know, it's no secret that you see these kind of standout clubs in hurling of football and the club championships. They're back year on year on year because they have that. You know, yes, they've got some excellent players, but Cross McGlenn, the everyone knows that the story up there. So it's credit to him. He'd be disappointed, obviously, to, to finish up the way it did on Saturday night. But Jesus, he can look back with a uh, pretty proud of what he's achieved over that twenty-three years. Jesus Christ. Have you all got floodlights or something down there, like? Down the kingdom? Because, like, like we've we've been, um, like, Cratlow were reliant on kind of some clubs Parking around. Parking cars really, on the side of the pitch, right? It really helped us out for the last six weeks. You know, Tulla have a great new setup of floodlights. Dora Bearfield, UL, we trained them for the last couple of weeks. Cratlow is... UL is nice, yeah. Do you know, it's 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 a tiny, tiny spot. Like, there's one pitch where everyone trains. We have a great setup in Legion, but that was... That was through a good a good fundraising couple of years and a lot of hard work. But the one thing I would say about Kerry teams is that, and it didn't happen to us as a club, but hopefully someday. But it, because there's only eight senior teams in the Kerry Club Championship, we're very strong intermediate and junior. So our ninth best team in Kerry will be representing Kerry in a Munster Championship and possibly an All-Ireland campaign. So there's a very good chance for those teams to go on and go through the stages and all the way to Crow Park, possibly. And when those teams do get that far, they're, they're doing huge fundraisers. They're coming into a lot of money. They're really improving a lot of structures in the club because they're making a big push for it. And even if you think about the teams that are left in those championships at the moment, Listowel won the junior championship and it's going to be Fossa or Milltown to win the intermediate championship. Those two clubs that progress, like they have a huge chance to really improve their clubs. It's like it's a fantastic achievement to win Kerry, but a fantastic opportunity to go and develop your club by going far in the All Ireland series. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It'd be huge for them. And when you see, like, even on the flip side of that, how many monster campaigns did you play with the Legion? Do you have the one in sixteen? So yeah, that was a. It was a funny one for us that year because we drew. The county final, um, 
And at that time, it was whoever lasted the longest in the county championship or won the county championship progressed. So we were in the final, so we were representing, but we drew the final. So our replay was on in two weeks' time. But the the game representing Kerry was on the following week. So we had to kind of decide, do we go all out for the Nemo game representing or do we hold our cards for the county championship replay or do you get caught between the two? Uh, so we ended up kind of resting a few or we had a few knocks anyway, resting a few against Nemo and um, we lost it. And then we ended up actually losing the county championship final by a point in the replay after extra time. So that was three bad weeks. That was the year that Clomel caught Nemo with a last minute Michael Quindlevin go in the Munster final. 2016. Yeah. 16, yeah. Yeah, look, it's, it's opening up. We have the, we mentioned already the Ulster semifinals and Scotstown have obviously put themselves in a brilliant position. Um, we have the Connacht semifinals this weekend. I'd actually be at Carafin Ballina and Pierce Stadium. We have St. Bridges of Roscommon playing the Leitrim Champions Mohill and the Leinster Club semifinals. We have St. Lomans of Westmead and Nace of Calaire. That should be a cracking game. And Kilmuckle Croaks are going to RD. They're going to be playing the St. Mary's, the Loud Champions. That'll be uh, an inch slam dunk. Is that what you're saying? Okay. We'll wait and see. Uh, one of the biggest games of the weekend is the aforementioned Kerry Intermediate Football Championship final. Fussa against Milltown Castlemaine. The Cliff in his 800 match of the year. It's ridiculous. How did how did East Kerry manage the two Cliffords when they have this huge game for Fussa coming up? Did they Did they play them flat out for the last two months? Well, the Cliffords didn't actually play in the group stage of the county championship. So our county championship is a group and then it's a knockout. So they didn't play the first three games. They came in and played the quarterfinal, semifinal, final. But like this intermediate final would have been on their minds for the whole thing. So they would have won the semifinal before the county championship even started. And now they're just coming back to play the final. So that would have been in their heads 100%. And... They have a huge chance. Fitzmaurice is obviously involved in them. He's done an unbelievable job with them. But they won the junior on Ireland last year. So to be in an intermediate final in Kerry is it's serious going. It, every st- stage they've got to, you've kind of thought it was a step too far, but they just keep getting better and better. And they've been knocking out 20 points every single game. So now they're going to come up against a team who are probably very strong defensively, yeah. keep teams down to 10 or 11 points. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, can Milton keep Fossa down to that? or can Fusta go and kick 20 points against a good defensive team. So it'll be very interesting. Massive, massive for both clubs. So yeah, best of luck to every team in action this weekend. Uh, just before we wrap up this week's episode of Football Pod Lads, which is brought to you with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the Camogie Football and Hurling Club Championships. Kevin Cassidy's Twitter is well worth a look this week. His last three <laughs> tweets in particular... So the third last one is a gorgeous pint of stout. I'm not sure what the bar is. It could be his own bar back home in in Donegal. The next two tweets, though, I found quite interesting. I'm going to put them up on screen, but I'm not a coaching guru, but here's some advice. Number two to four, type man markers, able to look after their own man. Number five to sevens, decent markers, but can see a pass and deliver. Eight and nine, you need absolute animals who can catch and kick a ball uh, 30 metres and at least one man on the 40 with two men inside. He follows that up with, that previous tweet is how you go sorting your team out. Follow it 
and you will save your club 30 or 40 grand on bringing in, quote, <laughs> the perfect manager. Buy me a point. Who, who's he aiming this at? He's having a go at someone here. And we'll call it quits. I don't think he's aiming at anyone in particular. Nah, he's having a go But I'm sure here. we can when all... When did this tweet go up? We can when all did this tweet go up? Think of what one or match two was on How many points in with you after tweeting that? I think... Exactly. It's the old Paul Flynn thing of 10 points and throw a tweet up. There's something in it, though. He's just having a go. You reckon it's just in general the, uh, it's, the it's, circuit, particularly in the club scene. There's a lot of managers going around to a lot of clubs getting a few bob. It, it's mm. it's the time of year, right, where there's a bit of a clear out going on. Maybe fellas are stepping away, or there's new management teams going on. But teams are desperate. They don't want to be in January waiting to get a club manager in. James, though, I, th- I think when you talk about say the money that even clubs have to raise to to play or whatever it comes to fundraising for facilities and stuff like that. If you can have it in your own club, if you can have somebody from inside or a group of people from inside who are able to bring a group along or foster it and, and it's coming from inside the club, you're saving something. Before even you get to everything else, you're saving huge money every year. I would say it could make a huge difference because one of the things I'd be very um, passionate about in terms of club development and I wouldn't be involved in it now with the Legion, but hopefully in the future. But uh, investigate coaches as opposed to just concentrating on the players or a senior team. Because if you could have 20 of the best players, if you have unqualified coaches or coaches who aren't passionate or coaches who don't grab the players right, those players turn very average very quickly. And I think it's an underappreciated role in clubs to train up coaches and get them early. Get get the lads who maybe don't want to play or their bodies don't let them play, or but they have the mind for it. Get those fellas into coaching. I think we're losing people like that. And the standard of the standard of coaching and managing even around the country, I think, is is pretty pretty limited. But if clubs can start developing that earlier and maybe take away the short-sighted approach, it would be hugely beneficial. As well, though. You know, there's always that element that we had at an art club. We obviously had, had a couple of coaches come in from outside. There is that element of, you know, you know they're, they're getting a few quid and they're gone. They're out the gap. They don't really give a shit long-term, you know. And you look at... Look, it happens at county level as well. It's, it's not, Sometimes there's just not the person in the club or in the county that, that can bring you forward. Um, but... I do, I, I do see where Kevin Cassidy is getting at there. Um, and as Jimmy says, we all, you can see it. You see it happening year on year. Guys come in and do one year and then they're out the gap to somewhere else. But um, without being successful, I get it. If someone comes in and they shoot the lights out and you end up winning the championship or, or winning the provincial championship or whatever it might be, um, all power to you. But I'm, I'm intrigued. I must check when Cassidy put that tweet up. I want to see what game is on telly. He was so, he'd have been in his bonnet like 100%. But he's not, I tell you, he's not far wrong. The structure of the game right, you know, it does, uh, you do, you can overcomplicate these things. And uh, yeah. It's it's just, when you when you see some of these clubs who have had the success and, you know, you're looking at a car fin or a cross McGlynn Rangers over the last 20 years. And when you're looking in from the outside, James, or even a club like Dr. Croaks up the road, who've obviously had a massive 20 years, like, <laughs> 
what what is it that they're doing like is it is it as simple as just fostering the right culture and having having the right people involved always constantly recycling like i'm looking at cratlow who have had colin collins coaching the club team for 18 years they've had loads of different people coming in and helping out we had seven or eight people in the club this year helping out with video analysis or coaching or doing different things for the team but it, it's a team of people in the club doing it and then you look down the line cratlow won a 14a double this year i think they made history in clare they won the hurling and football at 14s so Kratlo are now the lads are there looking after what we've done this year thinking geez if we hold on another couple of years we could have another chance like you know there's another group of kids coming through that are going to be unbelievable when you're in legion and you're trying to build what you're doing can you see that in the club yeah i can definitely with the legion i can see kind of the, the starting point of of a successful future we have a lot of young fellas coming through but we need to nurture them and I like you mentioned the crooks. I can see across the road a team or a club that's been through huge success over the last twenty years in in the crooks. And most of that was down. It was down a lot in terms of the senior play to Pat O'Shea, who got them, who got the crooks together, got them motivated, got them playing an unbelievable brand of football, like out and out carry football, like kicking, catching, hand passing back post goals tap-ins just doing absolutely everything on point now they did have the gooch yeah. they had Kieran Larry, yeah. you know Johnny Buckley Ambrose Fionn Fitzgerald they had a great team but because they were playing that great football it kind of sparked like a, a culture going down the years through the the 12 the 14s the 16s they all wanted to be playing this brand they all wanted to to be doing the outside of the boot passes like Gooch or, you know, hanging to the back post, things like that. And seeing those fellas do it, I think kind of started something for them. And the mixture of having the great players with it took them through a period of success. So maybe one, like one person like Pat did for the Crows can spark something huge. Yeah, you can see it in Carfin. Like it, it, Carfin are back now. They, they didn't really go away that, that long. There were only a couple of years they were in quarterfinals and semifinals. But it felt like you were watching the same style of team that won those three All-Irelands in a row. Like they just, it's, there's a culture there. There's a style of football. And, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive when you see it permeating through the club and you see that in, in certain clubs like so. But maybe this is where they're reinvesting their money. It's, it's not going into the management of the senior team. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they are bringing in outside managers or whatever. But maybe they're reinvesting their money in underage structures and, and getting the coaching or the athletic development in at that level. Like, I, I agree with Jimmy's point there around Croaks, Dr. Croaks. Like the senior team is important to have that success because you said it, it creates an atmosphere around the club. The, young, the reality is younger people, if they see their team winning, they're mad to go to the games. It creates an atmosphere around the community. You see it in all the teams that are going well at the minute. But the, the senior team as the figurehead is important to have success, but you need to have the balance within the club as well and not lump in. And probably my own club, Bridget's, we will suffer from this. We're a really strong senior team but we'd kind of drop the ball on the underage system. Whereas if you have the balance of your under 12s, your 14s, your 16s, your minor team, they're all getting really good coaching as well. That creates sustained success. That Yes, the senior team is good, um, but that's a, a finite period of time if you don't have a conveyor belt coming through. And it's the clubs that you look at, the, those clubs that have sustained success, it's a... They have the right structures in place. They run really, really well. You look at Chemical Crokes here in Dublin. You look at Corrifin over in Galway. Yeah, they might cross between, obviously. They might win every year, 
But if they have a brilliant senior team and four or five of their, their, their kind of marquee players move on, there's younger guys who are mad to play. You know, they're passionate about playing for their club because they've been exposed for, for, for 10 years coming up through the ranks and they're good players as well because they have to coach it. So the best clubs, they have that balance right between, yes, we want to be top of the pops in the senior championship competing to win all the time, but they're the same teams that are winning failures under 16 championships. They're competing at all those levels and it takes time to create it. It's And when you have it, it's, it's so important to, as Jimmy says, have people around the club, not just the senior manager, but coaches and an atmosphere around the club. And those clubs that we've spoke about, they seem to have that, you know, and that's why they're year on year on year, they're always knocking on the door, you know, and yeah, it takes time to build it, but you can fucking lose it quick enough and head up my own side, my own club here in Dublin, you know. Tommy, um, crap loads of money was gone on your signing on for this year, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, damn. He's, he's, he's right in. <laughs> they, they could be paying me to leave now at this stage. Big, they could be uh, to leave at this stage. Off the ball and Kratler are paying you a fucking fortune. Yeah, I would be declaring that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this guy? This is recorded. No. This is recorded. There's a there's no there's no fear of that, but um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, shluck it. That was it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. Thanks. Ah, I don't know. I don't really know. I'll credit the Castle Haven. <laughs> ah, no, Fair genuinely. Like, early. It was a great I, I'm afraid I'm going to sound sour here, but like. Ah, no, no. You're disappointed, you're like. Very, you're good at after. Yeah. But it's I, a tough loss. You are, though. I, no, we're only winding up. It is you should have heard him blame, the, blame the referee on the phone to me, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah, wait till we get him off. The absolute. I didn't blame the referee. Like Josie. Turn it to Josie. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Anyway, I prefer not to speak. I prefer not to speak. I'm in a bad moment. <laughs> <laughs> Great pod, lads. Great to be back. The club scene. Who'd have thought it? I'll, I'll end the pod by saying, well done to all the county champions around the country, junior, senior and intermediate. Fair play to all the teams who are left in it, in the provincials and are still in the mix. Very to all the players around the country mm. who are in pre-season mode, getting ready for next year, doing sprints on their own in the gym, keep at it. You never know who's going to win next year. And to the teams playing in the O'Donoghue Cup and Kerry, I'm going down to best it. luck. I want to get there. <laughs> well, you could have put a bit of a beat yeah. to that. That was kind of that was kind of a nice <laughs> little verse. Yeah. <laughs> the football pod is back. We're back for the next five Mondays. Paddy James, great to be back with you. Um, the pod is going to be available on all platforms on a Monday. And as we said before, we have an exciting plan for season four that we'll be announcing in January. So stay with us, stay tuned. The pod is back, bigger than ever. Right, baby. Paddy and James. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Well done. Great stuff.